Welcome to the Casual Fridays REI podcast, where you'll learn about the wildly profitable niche of land investing. Active land investors Adam Southey and Justin Sleva are here to share their experiences with you so that you can learn how to build massive cash flow and huge profits from this highly lucrative niche. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Adam Southey and Justin Sleva. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Adam Southey here with my co-host, Justin Sleva, and this is the Casual Fridays REI podcast today. We're going to be talking about what your pivot pivot looks like. Before we do that, though, let's talk about propertyaccess.io, guys, a new standard for land investors. Um, the days of pulling the list and mailing everyone only to waste time on bad properties is over. With our help, you can spend more time working on deals you know you want to purchase because we're going to take your data. We're going to break it down into four different boxes of access so you can decide your risk tolerance and who you mail and what you're willing to offer. So get out there. Check it out. That is propertyaccess.io. Happy Friday, sir. Hey, happy Friday. And this officially is the first show as you as fiance, Adam Southey. Oh, uh, yeah. I already, I've already forgot about that. You've already <laughs> forgot. Oh, I hope you didn't. No, no, I don't no. know. hope I, she's not listening to that either. I forgot about it on the show. Trust me, there's zero way I can forget about it at home because <laughs> I, I'm getting, oh, man. I'm, she, forgot, she even forgot we're building a new house and it's just straight wedding planning now. Oh, wow. Yeah. That I mean, she was intense into the house. She she's, was intense. It's intense into wedding planning now, dude. She's more so in wedding planning. Really? Yeah. I wouldn't have sugge- I wouldn't have thought it, but I'm I'm impressed. I'm excited, and it's good that she's excited to be your wife. Yeah, I, I mean that's definitely a good thing. I mean, if she was just like, yeah, yeah, you know, we'll get to it when we get to it. That yeah, would it's be cool. When it happens, it happens. Yeah, that would be one thing. But no, man, she's really excited. Where I'm really excited. It was it was a good time. It was a it all came to plan the way I wanted to, and okay. surprised her and. She blacked out and yeah. crying, and it was good. I like when I make them black out. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when I make my wife faint. So Well, I mean, I saw you did something romantic, too. You had a song written. I did. I did, and I didn't hold it till our 21st anniversary first date. is December 1st. So it'll be 21 years, but I did. I used a lot of the words and little inside jokes that we've had over the years and had it put into a song using Songfitch. Uh, check it out if you want to do something romantic for your spouse. It worked out pretty well, and I've come to find out Jake did it for Brianna, and I didn't know about it before they got engaged. Mm. And so she said, "Oh, you and Jake are just big softies." And, I, uh, and then she sent me the uh, the song, so I got to hear his song. That was his special song to his wife. I don't mm. know if he knows that I've listened to it. <laughs> so, but uh, I've been giving him one liners about it. I can't wait to have a rock on top of a rock with you, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a uh, um, it, it is a cool thing. It is it's it was pretty nice. I I uh, was impressed by how smooth it went. Mm. So. Pretty, pretty, pretty easy process. But all that love comes with some pivots. <laughs> Did I make the transition okay? <laughs> I tried, I tried. That was more of a dad joke transition, huh? Yeah. So today we're going to talk about what's your pivot and what's your business looking like. You know, we've gone through, over the last few weeks, we've we've had that conversation amongst ourselves. But in the show, we've led up to those, hey, the market, we understand the market's changing. Hey, we're, you know you have to plan and prepare uh, and, and get ready for that. So You've had a couple of weeks to think about this. Are you actually planning your pivots, and what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, between our master class and just other people we've been talking to, I feel like it's a massive subject right now. Okay. It's like everybody's feeling the slowdown. Okay, and I don't know if it's just that time of the year or what. Yeah. Things are definitely slower right now. Okay, and so everyone is kind of like, "Well, is it the market? What are we going to do? How do we fix this? How do we stay in the game? How do we stay relevant?" And like, it seems like. At least from what I'm seeing, I think you'll agree with this. The same question over and over because everyone we work with so used to cash sales is like, yeah, how serious do we get about taking every, everything and owner financing? 
I think it's a it's a it's an important question. Owner, the owner finance part of the pivot for for a lot of people are is is scary because you have capital tied up in that. And what can you do with it? Is there note buyers in place? Is there people that you know you're going to go arbitrage against your own money elsewhere? Life insurance policies, unsecured loans, or whatever that may be. There is a piece to that that's it's uncertainty because you're like, well, how do I live if I don't have cash and the cash flow is not going to cover my expenses? And what does that look like? And I think for me, the big question is, what is my business worth? And am I increasing the, the amount my business is worth by going to that? And, and the reason I think I'm comfortable with the owner finance piece is we know we're selling a quality asset and we're getting a quality amount of money down. And so it's vetting that person. It's not, hey, 199 down, 199 a month person. It's, hey, I want 15,000 down and it's going to be 600 a month or 700 a month or whatever that number looks like. Yeah, that's, that's kind of where I was going to go with that is like, I used to, in the very beginning, only wanted owner finance, right? Mm-hmm. Build that up. So you always had the cash flow. But yeah. that's back when we were dealing with those desert squares. Okay. You know, that's like the best thing I can say about them. Mm-hmm. You know. You're one uh, acre in <laughs> some place somewhere. Yeah, that $99 or $199 down. $99 yeah. dock fee or whatever it was and 9900 whatever a month. Yep. No credit checks. As long as you can pay me that much money, then it's yours. Yep. It was a heavy amount of defaults on those. Yeah. But as we've... Uh, matured over the years and moving into a nicer quality um, asset, mm-hmm. require much more money down. Mm-hmm. The person you deal with is a whole lot better. Yeah, I can honestly say out of the last 40 loans that were 15000 or more down, I have not had a default yet. I'm knocking on wood, but I have not had a default yet on that. Yeah. Uh, it will happen. Just the nature of people. Yeah, but, but compared to like the fifty percent you see or sixty percent of defaults you see yeah. on the smaller type of properties, the desert squares and things of that nature, it's it's a totally different buyer. Yeah, and yeah, I mean you just kind of breezed over, but you're like, yeah, fifteen thousand dollars down, right? Yeah. You get these much higher down payments. Mm-hmm. Your person, a, it's a much more um, qualified buyer because they yep. have that kind of cash to begin with. Yeah. B, they're. Uh, um, you're getting massive amount of down payment down, so like you're very yeah. well protected. Your risk is down. You're you now you have an asset better. Uh, uh, you have a better quality asset holding its collateral that you have the majority of that money taken back out of. Yeah, and so we've been seeing that question a lot. Is like, and I think it's because over you know the last couple of years we've been so used to getting cash sales. Is like, you know, should I start offering this with every every single deal, not just only that, but should I give it as another exit strategy? Well, I think the answer is absolutely yes. Yeah, my I on my properties i've always offered it on stuff sub sixty thousand. um i went up through and everything that we had listed over up to 150 i told them to have owner financing attached to it now that's i mean that's a pivot you know we talked about hey what are you going to do are you going to we talked about those three p's uh predicting planning and, and persevering well we we predicted what we think is going to happen we've started making those plans and getting that adjusting some pricing getting those uh that owner financing piece out there so yeah 100 percent. yeah i actually got an owner financed offer um yesterday mm-hmm. <laughs> This is what not to take. Okay. Person was like, hey, you take owner financing. I'm not going to lie. I'm Poe as hell. And they capitalized Poe. <laughs> they didn't say poor. They said Poe. Poe. P-O. Okay. Real capital letters. The only thing capitalized. Mississippi. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I was, obviously, I didn't respond to that. But yeah. stay away from those, and you may do. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> I, I've gotten – I actually have four people that are had notes with me for a few years paying off right now, too, which is kind of – it's scary, but it's good that they're coming in and paying off full like bigger amounts I had one guy's clearing off $35,000 on Friday uh, a few other seven eight thousand dollar left balances they're wanting to pay off so there is money still out there and it's still turning but I think the market is telling us hey guys get out of the that the the people that have been involved in this only for the last two years 
It's not this hyper market that you've seen. Get back to your 180-day cash-in, cash-out planning. Plan to do be everywhere again. Don't be sloppy with that. Have good ads. Offer quick the owner financing piece with what you can take down. You know, make sure it's it makes sense. You don't be like, hey, I want 70% down. Well, that's not going to happen, you know. Mm -hmm. But it does eat up some capital and have if, start looking to see if there's people out there that buy those notes from you. Well, I mean, what would you rather do? Sit through a whole entire slowdown with zero sales or start building that cash flow and have monthly coming in? I mean, so I can say that we've had quite a few sell at like 50, 50 to $55,000 sell price. They got 15000 down and they're 500, and 500 bucks a month. You know, give or take a couple of dollars, 496 yeah. to 517 I mean, you get four of those coming in. You've got two grand a month coming in. It's not bad extra cash off four deals. Mm -hmm. And you still have $60,000 to go invest with. Yeah, if you need cash, start looking for a note buyer too. Yep. I mean, that's, I think a lot of people freak out because, like, well, that entire thing is going to be wrapped. All that money is going to be tied up. But there are people who buy those notes. Well, they, they think that, oh, no, I sold it for 60000 on that, but they forget the ticket down payment. So that eats in some of that. And a lot of that is just your, is your profit. It's not your actual cash. So you might be net zero on your actual cash after you did that deal. But your business, like I said earlier, is worth more because you have that equity there sitting there that's drawing 10% interest that was made up money anyways. Mm -hmm. oh. So anyway, I, I definitely, I mean, we, we, we had this whole conversation like with people yesterday morning and then other yeah. people came to the office and we had it. Like I it felt, feels, it feels weird talking about it here because I felt like we've already talked about it, but I don't know that we've talked about it on the air. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, definitely not like this. Okay. We definitely haven't. Okay. But it has been a hot topic lately. I mean, because people are looking for ways to continue to make money and still be here when we come out of it. I forgot yeah. what you said the other 25% is what you said you think we'll lose. Uh, out of the, yeah, 25 to 30%, yeah. maybe more. Uh, I think we'll wash out of the niche. And I, you're starting to see it with this. I, I think the, the big sign to me that we're going to see it in, in that number is, and I hate to, because I said it a little aggressively last time I feel, and I, I hate to say something so aggressive and and not back it up. But here's here's what I'm seeing is that you have people that they're, they're inbound marketing or the inbound marketing has been primarily direct mail. Now they're starting to go, oh, my God, somebody's got a robot that'll sign the letters for us. So they're, they're running there. You got the next person saying, oh, my God, text messages is the best thing since sliced bread. So they're running there. And then you got ringless voicemail. Oh, my God, this is doing so much thing and this other thing. So you have all these ways to direct to, to get your inbound mail coming. People aren't laying on top of each other. They're stopping what they're doing. They're running to the next best thing. Then they're playing that shiny object syndrome and they're bouncing around from item to item. And what's happening is there's downtime between that. They're getting frustrated. The deals aren't working like they're supposed to. You know, they we, we had this conversation yesterday. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, my deal flow is going to be one for my, my cost acquisition is going to be one for or one for 800, one for 900 text messages compared to one for 2,500 letters. OK, great. What was the cost of that, though, to get you up and going to get you that? It will pay back, but you have to have that time to set. This guy has the capital to set. A lot of people don't. They can't afford to just be sitting on their heels trying to get a whole new inbound pipeline started up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I've been seeing this a lot lately too, um, is what exactly what you just said. Well, things are slowed down. Mm -hmm. There's a whole bunch of new ways to get leads. Mm -hmm. Let me just stop what I know has been working. Yeah. And that is absolutely not smart. <laughs> <laughs> like layering, layering things is great. We know for years and years that direct mail works. Mm -hmm. Uh, we also know now that there's other things that you can do that work. They, I'm not, we're not saying yeah. they don't work. Yeah. And I, I don't, but if, if you have a, and I, and I'd say when we, we had our live event, we didn't push any, pro, we didn't push property access.io, but we talked about it and it's, and it's, 
you know, and how it can help your business. I spend six cents a record and I clear off 40%. Now I've opened up my marketing budget for my mail to do text messaging, to do ringless voicemail. Now I have three ways to drive leads into me and I'm just trying to get the best I can out of that. Yeah, when you take a look at uh, house investors, right? Mm -hmm. They're not just doing one thing. I feel like the, the successful people on that, they have four or five different ways they're mm -hmm. driving leads. They got they they drive for dollars, they're bandit signs, they're knocking, mm -hmm. they're doing direct mail, they're doing text messages, cold, I mean, calling. cold calling. They've got six things feeding into this funnel and they all come at different rates and different rates of need to work behind it. How much work are they going to take to do that? You know, what are those things that are going to have to happen? But they've got that whole funnel building into it. So you can look at a deal and say, am I going to make money on it? Because that's what you need to do. You need to look at it and say, am I going to make money? Then I got to be able to exit it. And that's where that pivot, maybe the owner finance piece adds it. It adds another layer. You look for banks that may lend on land and you have those ready for people with, hey, you don't want mine? These people will do it. It's 20% down instead of 30% down. They'll do 7.9%. But you got to have good credit because you're solving the problem for questionable credit. Yeah. Yeah. Solve the problem. That's what every, all of this is. Solve the problem for the person selling it to you, the person you're selling it to, like the, solve the problem for keeping your business running, like all of that. Yeah. That's what we get paid to do. I agreed. Agreed. And I, I know that I had this conversation earlier today where we were talking, said that he's seeing some people offering exorbitant amounts because they're not coming into it with the logic of, hey, the hypermarket's done. So they're offering 70, 80%. And he said he's told four this week, well, if they're offering you that money, take it. But if they don't close, call me back, and I'm going to offer you a little less. Yeah. So that, and, and you have some people get pissed off. You have some people call you back. But when you have somebody going out there that's not intending to close, they're going to try to wholesale it, or they're going to try to fund it, so get somebody to fund it, and it's not a great deal. You know, it does wear on you. And we're in that market where people think it's worth X amount, but it's slowing down. And we, don't, we really can't predict what the value is going to be next month we hope it appreciates but we're seeing it stalling a little bit it could reset i'm planning a 10 to 15 percent reduction on pricing i think that's where we're at but i i don't i don't know for a fact i don't know if this fits in right here but i saw a uh, a, a texas a&m land podcast thing clip this morning okay and it said uh rural land in texas from 2000 to 2010 okay the price doubled okay from 2010 to 2020 Okay. It doubled again. Okay. And then from 2020 to 2022, it doubled again. So we were seeing what was taking a decade was done in two years. Wow. That's over with now. That, that's where they went from there. But. <laughs> yeah. And then you think about the, 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 the people that have bought and started this niche in the last two years and what mm -hmm. they're saying. They, they saw their land double in two years. Oh, man, I remember back when. But if you, th I mean, think about Southeast Oklahoma, just in, for that, when in 2017, when I bought my first piece of property, in, or I sent my first mailer in LaFleur County, I was offering 300 bucks an acre. You can't touch mm -hmm. anything for four times that right now on a buy price. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. I was wondering, well, if it, it doubled and then doubled and then doubled again because the number of land investors, <laughs> like we're out there driving <laughs> Just that. Just driving to practice. <laughs> I, I don't know if that, I don't know if that had to do it. I'm sure it had something to do with the market. People wanted land and people yeah. wanted to get away and people liked the idea of, you know, having cash. And we thought the end of the world was going to come. So we were a little bit more like willing to spend a little bit more money. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, the car market did the same thing too, but I'm noticing cars. There's a lot more inventory in car dealerships now. Mm -hmm. I'm noticing a lot more ads, uh, you know, on, on even mortgages and houses where you see the rates rising and everybody blames that. But we're starting to see some inventory in some spots catch back up. You know, mm -hmm. what was average two days on the markets now, 25 days mm -hmm. to 30 days. And I think as we see the numbers completely roll through through 90 days or a full quarter of the slowdown, 
you'll really get a good grasp of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, specifically, I saw that with my motorcycle dealership. It's like when I bought my bike, yeah. and when you were there, there might have been 10 motorcycles maybe, yeah. and now they keep 150, 200 bikes at the place. Yeah. And I've seen that at car dealerships too, so like things are changing. Yeah. I mean, when we went shopping the other day, I was trying to get you to buy a Ducati instead of an engagement ring. <laughs> you, you, uh, <laughs> that Ducati was four times the cost. But it looked good, though. Yeah. It did. Yeah, I still think about it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I could ride. I could ride the Ducati. I can't ride your Beyonce. That is very true. <laughs> yeah. So I like the Ducati more. Yeah. Uh, well, cool, man. Well, let's wrap it up for today. Y'all have a great week. If you are at Clint's event today, I will see you. Um, I'll be doing a guest thing at three o'clock there. But if not, have a great week. Yep. All right, guys. That's it for today. Uh, as always, go to Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Give us a like, follow, subscribe, and then go to iTunes. Go to Stitcher. Go to wherever else. You're listening to us, like, review, and subscribe to the show. Appreciate it. Love you. See you next Friday. See you guys.